there, friends. It's Misty. Thanks so much for listening in to this episode of Marketing Sweats. This year marks Samantha's 40th year in business. So to celebrate, this season we're featuring Samantalites sharing their point of pride, stories about work they've done that makes them proud. In this episode, I'm chatting with Kelly Lutnin. Kelly is currently our Associate Content Director at Samantle, but she also wears a lot of hats playing communication strategy roles, helping consult with clients, coming up with big ideas. Her point of pride is about a time when her personal and professional life intersected in a really emotional way through her work with OSF Healthcare Foundation. Have a listen, and I'll see you on the other side. I am so excited that you're here, Kelly, and I just have to acknowledge for our audience that you are the inspiration for our Point of Pride idea. You are the one that said, hey, as part of our 40th, it'd be really cool if some Samantle employees shared stories. I can't wait to share it with our audience. Very touching and heartfelt. But before we do that, let's start at the beginning. I'd love to have you talk a little bit about you, your personal story, your professional story. You're a mom, you're a new wife. Talk a little bit about how you came up in the world and what you do for Samantha. Sure. So I'm Kelly Lutnin. I am our associate content director. So I head up our communication and content strategy disciplines as well as content production. I'm from Peoria. I went to U of I, lived in Austin doing nonprofit work for about five years, and then my dad got sick with ALS and I moved back home and that's what led me to Samantle eight years ago. And then in a really weird way, my worlds collided with this story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember when you started at Samantle and I remember working with you thinking, oh my gosh, this girl knows so much about social and PR, especially from those nonprofit days. And you have spun all of that experience into now leading one of the biggest disciplines at Samantle, which is crazy, our content discipline. So more on that later, but thanks for all you do. So Kelly, walk us through from the beginning, a little bit about the situation for your point of pride. Who was the client? What was the problem they were trying to solve? And at what point did you get pulled in? Sure. So at the time, I was a copywriter working on the OSF Healthcare Foundation account, which is the fundraising arm of OSF Healthcare. And we were doing across their entire footprint, we were doing this campaign called The Gift. And so this particular ask was under that umbrella campaign, but it was a slight offshoot. Our client, Lana, at the time, came to us and said that Ed Rapp, who was an executive at Caterpillar, was interested in starting an endowment that focused on improving quality of life and innovation around ALS. And so this project, whatever we were creating, had to explain the endowment and what it was. And it also had to illustrate the challenges of living with ALS and help people understand what problems this endowment would help solve. And so they came to us asking for us to introduce this endowment and explain the challenges. And Ed Rapp had ALS at the time, right? But his disease had not progressed maybe as far as your dad's had at that point in time. Yep. And actually, I mean, so he was pretty early in his journey with ALS. And so, yeah, at that point, my dad had passed. And so I had seen the complete experience of what ALS can be. Yeah, I think what I recall from that time, Kelly, is that Ed Rapp was standing in front of groups of people talking about this, right? I mean, he was an executive and 
people listened to him. He was such a sort of visionary and had a great sort of ability to relate to people. And so he was still at that stage where he was able to tell his story and we were able to capture it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So Ed Rapp comes into focus as a spokesperson for this and you're sitting in a conference room and you hear the words ALS. Walk us through that moment. Yeah, panic. Um, (laughs) I wanted out of the room as quickly as possible. It was unexpected when she brought it up. I just wanted to say no. Sure. And not be a part of it. I didn't, you know, I had the past two and a half years I had been living ALS. And so, yeah, I was kind of. And it was pretty hard for you to talk about at that time, right? I mean, it was hard to even. Live both the work and, you know, real life part of that. Yeah, yes and no. I never hid the fact that I moved back because my dad had ALS and the ice bucket challenge had just been done, like, I think the year before and Samantha participated. And I remember standing on the front steps doing that. So it wasn't ever like I was hiding my story, but it was more like I just didn't want to go there. Sure. In that moment. And I think when you write something, you have to understand it and you have to learn it. And especially if you're working on a fundraising piece, you want it to be heartfelt and you want it to be emotional. And so when I thought about just where I would have to get to tell that story. Yeah, it was too. Yeah, deep. I think it's interesting. So many of us right now, especially at the height of COVID, are dealing with these work and life intersections. And in some cases, those happen at work and you're like, oh, cool. Something I'm personally passionate about. In other cases, it's like, oh, shit, this is going to be really hard. And just in reading your story, it felt like that was your initial reaction. But then walk us through what happened next (laughs) and how you started to really appreciate the work. At this point, my dad had passed. So I moved back, was one of his primary caregivers, along with my mom and our whole family. Like I was living with them and helping take care of him. And so he had passed. And so this was probably a year later. So my dad was a teacher and a coach and just made a big impact with his life on a lot of other people and always leaned into helping others. And so, and my dad was insanely proud of me. Like, of all of us kids and would brag on us. And I could just hear him. (laughs) Like I could hear what he would say if he was here. And so as I reflected on that, of just dad would want me to do this, number one. And number two, who else is better equipped to tell the story? And a huge creative challenge in this is ALS is rare. And we live in central Illinois and there aren't a ton of stories that we can pull from. And the people who are living it, are going through enough without us coming with our cameras and things like that. So I knew I had footage we could use sure. that would be minimally invasive, that would tell the story in a real way. It just, the reasons to do it just started stacking up. Well, and I want our listeners to know Kelly's one of our best strategists and very much a leader. So when you finally settled into that, how did you give the project life? I mean, you had all these ideas in your head, but like, how did you decide what direction you were going to go and how did you start activating on it? Well, first of all, thank you. So something that helps me when I'm writing and I want to hit a certain emotional chord, I turn to music. Like Mm. I try to think of a song or like sometimes I can't express a feeling totally. I have to find music that can help me get there. And everybody says people are the reason that they're at Symantle. And that's Mm. very true. And so I had to turn to the team I had to tell my team, hey, guys, I can work on this, but this is going to be a lot. And I don't think they knew that I had that 
history. So it was kind of Jason, Zach, and myself brainstorming what inspired us, how we might want to tell this story. And such a big part of my story with ALS was around home videos because with ALS, what's coming, the person like your loved one is going to lose their voice. There's so much change that's going to come. So you start trying to capture everything. Like every voice memo becomes important, every video. And so I had tried to document because you know it's coming. So we increased (laughs) the footage of what we were recording. You know, my dad loved watching home movies. Like when he was sick and especially towards the end, we would put on home movies. So creatively, there's just this current of capturing really intimate family moments that way. The big story behind any endowment or any work is people with ALS just want to live. So using home movies allowed us to get personal and show what life is in the challenging moments with ALS and also talk about the beautiful moments of life. Right. So that was a creative entry point, as well as, like I mentioned, music. I was so inspired by Sufjan Stevens. He captured the feeling that I wanted to express, which was not sadness, just like introspection and kind of peacefulness. That was something Jason and I really liked when we were brainstorming. And so right. actually the first rough cut he put to a track that we both liked on that album. So that's awesome. Well, I told you this when I first read your moment of pride, because we do write them down before we do the interview. And I remember saying to you how vivid, and this is part of you just being a good writer, but you also had these really visual moments in your story. When you think back on the work you got to do, I circled in part of your article, you say, there's a shot that I love where a man with ALS is sitting by a window and the blinds roll up and his face is hit with sunshine and he closes his eyes in satisfaction. It was such a simple and poignant moment to select, and we made a point to cut Ed spinning his daughter at her wedding with my dad spinning me as a toddler, and I always loved the match on that motion. Mm -hmm. Such a beautiful paragraph, Kelly. So you remember the work in that way, but I know you remember your teammates in that way. So say more about that. Yeah. So that editing, I mean, that was all Chad, and he did a fantastic job. And I have to say, too, like the level of sensitivity that my team brought to me during this project. I had to go off site to write most of the script. And I should say too, that like how we ended up telling the story was interweaving my story with Ed Rapps with found footage like on YouTube. And so one, you had Jason helping us frame the story from a larger perspective. And then Chad, who was making the selections down to the finite details matching that motion to the words I was saying in the script. Right. Everybody involved worked really hard to tell that story well. When you think back, was your most memorable part of the experience? I think kind of tapping into the community of people and caregivers who are facing that, feeling like I was activating (laughs) this channel of other people and feeling like I had a reason they could trust me. We talk about this a lot at Samantha that sometimes in our day-to-day of marketing, we can forget line of sight to the human. And I feel like this project allowed you to be human and how you showed up for other people, but ask them to do the same. Yeah. So there was that piece, like that people component, but also it made me value my coworkers. (laughs) Like even more, like the first time we watched a full, like the full edit, we were crammed into the 
editing suite where you are now and you could have heard a pin drop. It was probably my most intense moments at Symantle and we watched it and I got really emotional and everyone else in the room got really emotional, but it was very supportive. It was very supportive and people take a lot of pride in that work that we did together, which just increased my love for the agency. Oh, I have to read this segment too. You say, I honestly don't remember any of the client approvals, which is weird. But I remember the first time we showed the rough cut to the whole team and our creative directors, Maggie and Chris. We all crowded into the edit suite. It was dark and dead silent. And I cried because it felt really raw and vulnerable. And a lot of my teammates teared up. I remember Maggie not saying anything, but just giving me a big hug. I love that so much. I think a lot of us at Samantha have those sort of moments in our career. Talk a little bit about the end result. So we did the video. What was the impact on the client, on Samantle, on you? They loved it. They cried. <laughs> we all did. Uh, every time I watch it, I still cry, Kelly. Yeah. I feel like I make everyone cry. I think Ed expressed his gratitude that we worked on it. And I know we went on to do a little bit more work for him. As far as I know, the endowment is going. I still follow Ed's journey with ALS online. And I think it was definitely something that helped illustrate what they were trying to achieve. That's great. You did say here, it was officially started with Ed's $1 million gift and still today brings together neurologists and engineers to find new solutions for ALS patients. That's so cool. Your dad would be so proud of the legacy that you've created. That's amazing. So, I mean, I think I know the answer to this, but when you thought back over your seven years at Symantle of all the things you could have picked, eight eight now, is that what you said? I must, eight years. That's awesome. Why was this the moment of all the different things that you worked on that you're most proud of? I mean, there's so many, so many reasons. Definitely a point of personal pride that I made an impact for a disease that certainly has shaped my life and I know will shape so many others. That meant a lot to me. Creatively, I like the output of it. I like the story we were able to tell. And I think I loved working with people in that way us all approaching it. And not to say this hasn't happened on many other projects, it has, but I just feel like the intention behind this particular piece was so focused from everyone. Everyone knew that we were really kind of building something bigger. That's Um, awesome. So talk a little bit more then about where you are today at the agency, because this was really early on, it sounds like, in your career. I'd love for you to talk about what makes you proud today when you think about the work you get to do. It's a great question. We're building something. That's the piece I'm most proud of. So like you mentioned, content is a growing focus for our agency. And it's my job to build the team and to help that team, one, to help set the vision of what we're going to do in the content space and then to hire the right people to get them motivated for the work, to get our process in place and all of that. So I'm really proud of the people we've assembled, the work they're doing and just the direction we're moving in. That's awesome. And then of course, I'll ask the flip side of that. What's still hard? Because goodness knows this is a hard job. This is marketing sweats. So tell us what your roadblocks are today. Enough time. (laughs) (laughs) Never. You know, we're all people just having enough time in the day to do what you want to get done. Gosh, lots of challenges. I think I just got back from Confab, which is a big I love that conference. conference. Yeah. And just hearing this is a struggle we have that 
other content strategists face, but selling the value of content strategy, what it is, why you need it. I right. think that's a challenge. It's a buzzword, but not a lot of people yeah. know what's underneath the hood, but there's a lot yeah. that goes into it, but it has huge outcomes. Yep, definitely. Well, I was just at a conference myself for agencies and just so happened there was another agency that many are aware of, Wyden and Kennedy. They had a woman up on stage and she was talking about the fact that they're 40 this year too. And so is Samantha. And she was saying that with 40 years of experience, you earn the right to do some really cool things, right? You've built your value, you've got your culture, but she said, it's also really important that when you're that old, that you're willing to reinvent yourself, you're willing to let innovation happen, you're willing to break the mold. And so I'm just curious, Kelly, when you think about where Samantha is and the intersection we sit at with both of those opportunities, what do you see in our future? What are you proud of being a part of as we go ahead? Yeah, I think as long as I've known Samantha in my eight years, we've always approached things like we could do that. Like we should, like we could try to do that. I think of Susie doing her hand motion. We're <laughs> like doing it. Yep. We have that little it. mantra. Yeah. So, I mean, Even I when think, we don't know what we're doing, we're doing yeah, it. We're yeah. doing it. So I think there's a lot of spaces we're going to grow into content strategy, developing that out more fully, figuring out how we do content at scale, figuring out how we regionalize and help our clients regionalize their huge volumes of content personalization. We're going to go further into that. X writing, that's all in my kind of lane. But I think as an agency, as long as we keep hiring people who are excited to try new things, yeah, we'll move forward. Well, and you talked a lot about different disciplines there, which I know you and I are personally passionate about always growing and evolving our service lines. But I think you also mentioned at the start of our discussion that people stay here because of the people. So what are you super proud of right now? I know you mentioned hiring and building your team, but you're also now on the leadership team and you're working with new kinds of clients. So what do you see as Samantha's people focus in the future? Great question. I think the way we work with our clients, the way we care deeply about their success, I do think that's something that so core to who we are and will be core to why we succeed going forward. I'm proud of my team, certainly for trying new things yeah. and like stepping outside of their comfort zone. And we have a lot of cross-sharing happening. Like sure. we have common content meetings where we try to bring new ideas and, hey, here's what I'm doing. And, you know, for this account, can you use that? Is there something I should be doing that you're doing? And I think there's an openness. So I'm really proud of our team for having that. I do have to ask because you worked under Maggie. What is the funniest thing that has happened to you <laughs> during your time at Smantle? You guys can't see Kelly, but she's shaking her head because when you think about Maggie Misselhorn, so many jokes played, but yeah, what's the yeah. story you can share? Often at my expense. Kelly no. was one of her favorite to pick on. Yeah. I also sat right outside her office. So yeah. dangerous. Um, oh my gosh. She tells me a story about she took you to lunch on your first day. Can you oh, tell yeah. that story? Yes. So with our new hires, like the department takes them out to welcome them to the team. And I had the creative team at my welcome lunch. And Maggie, very seriously, like we're about to sit down to eat, looks in my eyes and is like, we take safety very seriously at Samantle. If you'll please go ahead and watch this video on choking so that <laughs> we're prepared should anything happen during this meal. Oh, so I, my I'm gosh. Like, oh, okay. And, you know, I was coming from 
the nonprofit world, we can be a little quirky at times. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to accept this. And so people are watching me watch this video and I'm like, I watch it and I, she likes to claim that I, that there was like a baby one and a (laughs) adult version and that I had to ask which one to watch. I think that was an embellishment that came later, (laughs) but yeah, so I watched this video and everyone watched me watch this video and then they cracked up laughing. (laughs) That That is so Maggie. Prank on day one. Oh, too funny. Yeah. All right. Well, I leave it at this. What is your advice to Samantha leadership as we go forward from your realm of the world? Mm, another good question. Continue giving people space to create. We're in a growth stage and we have been for a while. So I really appreciated you said, you know, with your own experience, the things I wanted to build took Like I had a vision and it took a little bit longer, but we got there. So I think both encouraging us to have the space to make new things, but also reminding us when we get impatient, you're putting in the work, this thing's coming. Yeah. Samantha loves speed, right? But sometimes to do something really great, it takes time. And I love that you said space to create because creative is our core. And even though we are becoming more of that CX agency, I keep coming back to that. We love branding. We love big ideas. And that's what makes us great. So I'm glad you see that too. And you're a big part of that. So thank you. Thank you for drafting your story, for coming up with the idea of Points of Pride. Is there anything you didn't get to share with us that you were hoping to? I don't think so. Just gratitude I felt for everybody who supported me creating this and everybody who collaborated to make this what it was. Awesome. I could listen to Kelly tell that story over and over again. I just find it to be so powerful. I'm really proud of the work Samantle did, of course, to assist with the endowment, but I'm even prouder of Kelly and for the team that came together to meet the challenge head on and pour themselves into this project, even though it meant exposing a very personal and raw emotion. It's such a beautiful story how she went from panic and dread to a real sense of ownership and commitment to the project, creating a heartfelt, direct line of sight to the human element of marketing. Thank you, Kelly. 